Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Solomon said that there's no new thing under the sun. That which has been is now. That is so true. I mean, we think we're dealing with new things, but we're not dealing with new things. We're dealing with uh, another a resurgence of the same error and the same lies over and over and over again. When you come to the Word of God, Scripture is a lens on God. It helps us see the Lord through the eyes of faith. It is a mirror on us because it shows us our need, but it is also a magnifying glass on the world, the culture that we're living in. If you want to understand the news and you want to understand uh, society and you want to understand the trends of the day, you want to understand what's going on, you must look at it through Holy Scripture. Recently, as I came to the last few verses of Acts chapter 24, I was reminded of this truth again because the closing verses of Acts 24, the end of this chapter where Paul has been standing before all these secular leaders, all of these rulers, all of these powerful people, and giving an account of his testimony and a defense of his faith is very revealing. It, it opens to us not just his context, but our own. Listen to Acts 24, beginning in verse 24 down to verse 27. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might loose him. Wherefore, he sent for him the oftener and communed with him. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Now, uh, there are three good things here that Paul is speaking about, righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Notice all of those are about God. There's only one righteous one, that's God. There's only one who can put real temperance, uh, discipline into our lives and thinking, that's God. There's only one that we're going to stand before someday in the judgment to come, and that's God. So he wasn't really just giving him a three-point sermon. He was telling him about God. Uh, specifically, he was speaking to him concerning the faith in Christ. So three very good things Paul is conversing with this leader about, but Today, I want to show you three very evil things. The three marks of the secular mind, three marks of secular thinking. It's fascinating, but the way this man thought, the way he heard, the way he responded is so parallel to what we're seeing in our world today. What drove him? Uh, what, what consumed him? It wasn't righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. So what was it? Well, first of all, it was convenience. And notice he said, when I have a convenient season, I'll call for thee. 
By the way, uh, convenience is deadly. Convenience lulls a man to sleep. Convenience uh, has become the, the buzzword of our day. Our culture is full of convenience stores and modern conveniences. Life lived by convenience. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy and appreciate all the conveniences of life. But I just want you to remember that the thought of convenience so quickly drowns out the words of conviction. Do you know why that is? Because convenience is all about me. Paul was trying to get this man to think about God. He didn't want to think about God. He wanted to think about himself. Convenience is not what does God want. Uh, convenience is what can I get. Convenience is not uh, let me think of eternal things. Convenience is let me see how I can just enjoy today and get through today. Be very careful because convenience can become a cancer that corrupts the soul. It pervades every part of our life. And after a while, we, we become so easy on ourselves and we're looking for the easy way that we're missing what God has for us. We're missing righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. So the first mark of the secular thinker is convenience. The second mark is greed. I just really noticed this in recent days because I've always been captivated by him saying, when I have a more convenient season, I'll call for them. By the way, that convenient season never really came. Uh, never got any easier. Uh, but in verse 26, he said he hoped also money would be given him. So this man, he not only wants convenience, he wants things, stuff, more concerned about material gain than about eternal loss. I'm thinking of the words of Jesus. Now, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So many people live in their life for a better job and a bigger house and a larger bank account and a more secure retirement and never giving a single thought to righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. The mark of the secular mind is uh, how can I be a little more comfortable? That's convenience. And how can I get a few more things? That's greed. And I'm just going to tell you, be as comfortable as you want to, get as much as you can, and that still will not meet the deepest need of your heart, and it will not prepare you for eternity. And then there's a third thing that is a mark of the secular mind. Not only convenience and greed, but popularity. And notice how the chapter ends. After two years, uh, a, new, a new ruler comes into place, and uh, so there's some shifting going on. Uh, but Felix, the Bible says, willing to show the Jews a pleasure left Paul bound. Not what was best for Paul, not even what was, what was in Felix's mind, but rather let me just please everybody else. Let me do what will make the mob mentality happy. Let me, let me just go downstream and float along with the current of culture. Let me make other people be pleased with me popularity. And I want to just say to you, dear listener, you cannot please men and God at the same time. Oh, you're going to try to please somebody. Everybody's trying to please somebody. But you're either trying to please yourself, trying to please others, or you're living with this reality that the only person that matters is the one you're going to stand for at the end. Don't forget Paul's word, righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. There's more to come. People don't last. God does. Uh, times change. Eternity is forever. Uh, culture shifts constantly, but truth is a fixed point of reference. The question is not what is popular. The question is what pleases God. 
Now, notice these three things, these three marks, convenience, greed, and popularity. Think of it this way. Convenience says, it's all about me. Greed says, it's all about things. Popularity says, it's all about others. You live your life for yourself. You live your life for things. You live your life for others. You're living your life for something that will not matter. And that's why Paul was trying to get this man to think about righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Instead of convenience, let's think of righteousness, the righteous one, our great God, and what is true. Instead of greed, let's think about temperance because it's not about just how much pleasure and enjoyment we can get out of life. And instead of popularity, let's think about judgment to come because we're not going to stand before men someday. We're going to stand before a holy God someday. This is the difference between the secular mind and the spiritual mind. The spiritual mind thinks about God. The secular mind thinks about convenience and greed and popularity. May I ask you, which mind is in you today? Which way are you thinking today? Ask the Lord today to help you have the mind of Christ, and then you'll know better how to answer the questions and arguments of others by bringing them back to what really matters, righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment. And we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.